presents 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast. Brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome, once again, everybody, to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And Bob, what what are we doing today? Why is today like a special, important, totally awesome episode? Today we are coming to you live from older than snail mail. It is by pigeon that you receive all these missives to your ears. That's right. Internet ear pigeons because we are going over Vampire the Dark Ages. Yes, that's correct. So um, one of the things that uh, um, a lot of people have asked is, are we going to review all the different versions of dark ages and some people might not understand what that means. Do you, do you know like what they're talking about, Bob? Yeah. When they say different versions, um, they're not, they're not getting the, in my opinion, the time distinction, right? Uh, there are, there are a lot of time jumping that they do in the release of these books. And when I say a lot, it's tasteful. I don't right. find any of it to be wrong. It's just that every era of history back then was packed with content that would be awesome to play an immortal right. in. And they, they give it to you. So the different editions are going to have different feels. So real quick, um, before we get into doing this review and jumping back into the podcast review scenario, um, we, we've been off for about a month, um, kind of in preparation. We had to read some books and get to understand exactly what it is we're going to be reviewing now, be on the same page with that. So, um, while, while we were gone, we didn't have the opportunity to thank any of our new Patreon backers. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon, and uh, you can definitely support us there. Um, so first and foremost, um, I want to thank Joshua Walters. Uh, and then do you want to read the second one here? <laughs> but we secretly love, <clears throat> but we secretly love True Bruja. Yeah, thank you for supporting us, but we secretly love True Bruja. <laughs> uh, Higgins Biggins, uh, Dennis Wagger, and then do you want to uh, read the last one there, Bob? Sarant Joyce. Yeah, I, I think that's how that's pronounced. I don't know. We're we're not smart. Um, <laughs> but thank you. No, but uh, yeah, but thank you very much for supporting us. Um, it, it, we, I had a move, and I don't know if you can tell, but I also got a cold in the process of doing that. So for once, I'm actually drinking tea. I'm not drinking coffee. So Nate moved in the cold and got a cold, and we had mm-hmm. we had downtime. Is what it is. It's a yeah, serious downtime. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, we're back, and um, the very first book that we're going to be reviewing is the core book for Vampire the Dark Ages, and this came out in 1996. And did you you pick this book up when it came out, Bob? I did. I was in uh, my senior year of high school and got this book very happily, and unhappily, nobody I played vampire with had any interest in history. So (laughs) it's been a long time. I've, I've been wanting to go into this book. Yeah, that kind of like seems like the the standard. Um, I think I had just maybe just started playing Vampire when this came out, so it was kind of like under my radar at the time. I didn't. I, the first Dark Ages thing I ever got was actually the LARP book because I wasn't I wasn't playing a lot of tabletop at the time when this came out, so um, I really wasn't familiar with this book, and um, I kind of like learned about all the stuff that's in here, sort of um, like ad hoc by picking up that that LARP um, Dark Ages book. So I never really played it. And I think like most of the people that you played with, I wasn't personally that interested in playing Dark Ages. I mean, it kind of followed me throughout my entire 
like gaming history, right? Like I've played Dark Ages games that you've ran. I've played with you, but like really, I'm I'm like the one lagging behind here. I'm I'm the tag along, right? Like I'm I'm basically reading all of this stuff for the first time. Well, but that's what makes this unique right now, right? Because I mean, it's there, there's a misnomer that when we go over the stuff, it's like a it's like a hard hard nosed review, right? And yes and no. Right. Uh, most of it's nostalgia, right? You can hear it from us or familiarity with it comes from using it. And most, uh, I can't use most for everything, but we'll we'll just say <laughs> that the usage is mutual, right? We've known each other forever. We're, right. we're, we're family. Like there's not going right. to be an aspect of role playing he and I have not shared. And that and that's right. an interesting dynamic. So, And the truth of it is most of the shit we've gone through together. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So when it comes to, I remember it distinctly when you said, I hate, I hate anything fantasy. <laughs> I don't deal with the dark age. It's like, but bro, you're a vampire. We'll see. We'll see. And then sat down and, you know, you were, you were Lord Nathaniel. <laughs> right. well, I think the thing for me is like the part of the reason that I enjoy gaming or I enjoy storytelling or running a game is like if, if something I read inspires me and I can like wind a, a story in my head, then I think it'll be entertaining enough for people to play it. And a lot of times I play in games that I don't find entertaining per se. And I'm like, well, I think I could do that better. So I, I pick up the, the book and the paper and the pencil and I try to run my own game. But the thing was, I would get so bogged down in history with these that I would just spend all my time, you know, on Wikipedia or doing Google searches or at the library because I was so worried about getting something historic. So let's wrong. address this. It's the same thing that I got back in the day. It's 96, right? We got done with dot right. matrix printing. Right. You know, there's no longer green screen right. prints for that. You know, we're still hardwired right. in. And, you know, I'm dealing with people who go, let me tell you something, Bob. I can mess around with your internet. We can go get drunk and on the swing tire land here in the water pond out back. What you want to do? Right. You know, and there I am at the at the pond getting drunk because that was a lot more fun. And, you know, but that only lasts for a few hours. And then eventually you want to play right. in the imagination. So it took me a lot of convincing to get people to come over. And I had a cheat time life books that's right i had encyclopedias in-house and time life books and there were periods i could look into and kind of get an idea and get immersive in it i was also a dork uh because uh in high school even though i played ball i also turned around and i was in the library as an assistant so i had access to it so i get your frustration though if you how the hell would you tell someone who doesn't have access it's like we could take a field test and let's go to a country not as developed yeah I feel like when this book came out, it was way easier to like flub history and be like, yeah, this totally happened in 1196 <laughs> or whatever, even though like, because like at the time I remember distinctly sitting down at the table with my friends and being like, Hey, let's find a website. And we had to go on a dial up and like people like listening now, especially like people in their twenties, we meet a lot of them. They may not even remember like going on the computer, you first of all, you only knew one person <laughs> with a computer. Like nobody had them, right? And then when you did want to go on, you had to like dial up a modem, 56K, and you had to get into like a search, uh, you know, like a search farm. <laughs> and like hopefully someone had documented the site that had the vampire stuff on. You know, it was just every time you went on the internet, it was. So those adventure. of you not born so, until now, basically when they talk right. about the tablet and chiseling on the laws, right. That's what we were doing. So, <laughs> right. 
there was a reason why we played most of our games at the library. And it wasn't because like we were nerds. It was because that's where all the books were. (laughs) (laughs) There's a place where knowledge is kept. Right, right. And so for me, because this wasn't strict fantasy and I couldn't just make shit up as I went along and it was based in the vampire world, but it was based around real world history that other people could look up. I was intimidated by it. I didn't want to learn this game because, um, one, I felt like I already knew it, right? I was like, I already know vampire, whatever, but I don't, you know, I know modern day, so I, it's easier for me to come up with a story on the fly. Right. And what's cool about this book, I got great news. This first book they made was smart, and that's because it's an all-encompassing, all-in-one. You could start running games with just this book and not needing to know history, right? They give you yeah. enough content in here to get the gist down, to get the idea of, of the immersive elements that were those times. How do I know? We used it. I used this book. It, it came out and right. did it, and I and at that time, I didn't really give a shit about history. Like I, I liked people historically, right? Who didn't like Julius Caesar? Who didn't like Alexander the Great? You'd hear those names right. and talk about it. But did I know right. the time period? No. The chronicle? No, not at all. Right. And this book made that easy for you, for you to jump into and get in. Right. So um, I kind of mentioned earlier um, where we talked about like the, the game has kind of like different versions. Um, I just want to go over that real quick because I know people are going to ask sure. about it. Vampire the Dark Ages, which is the book that we're reviewing now. This game takes place in 1197 A.D. Okay, it's known as a long night. And then that's the first edition of the game is called Vampire the Dark Ages. Then uh, I believe in 2002, they revised the game and for some reason changed the naming format. And I'm not 100% sure why they did that, but that is known as Dark Ages Vampire. Okay, that takes place in 1230. So it jumps ahead a little bit. Then the quote unquote third edition is Vampire the Dark Ages 20th Anniversary Edition, and that takes place in 1242. So I, I like to think of it as this. Basically, they're just putting out, they're, they're just progressing history along this important time period, and that's what the three versions are. I don't know, um, I haven't read to see what the difference is in like the the information, like the gameplay. I, I haven't looked at that stuff, but th- this is what I know about the differences in just like the naming convention. Well, I mean, for people new, all, all those books mm-hmm. valid to get because they all take place right. from different time periods. Naturally, the content is going to be a bit different. Right. Um, the uh, right. the fundamentals, are they going to be different? Well, the revision was also a rules update, right? So it's right. so yeah, all of them, all of them hold weight. Um, that's yeah, a little, little bit different. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, like having gone through this and we, we really haven't even started the review yet. But I would say, having gone through this book, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't go out and pick up this version and play this version. Right. You know, um, I think that with like first and second ed and and revised edition vampire, like I probably wouldn't pick up a first edition book and play that because the rules are changed uh, dramatically enough to warrant not even you know just skip it, go with second ed. With this one, so far, I can't see any reason not to just go with this book. So, um, all right, well, let's get into like some of what we're going to find in this book. Well, off the bat, we have, uh, other than the artwork, which I still think is great, uh, about this book in and mm-hmm. of itself. Um, you get to the first few missives to immerse you into what this is all about this era. And it starts off with a letter from, uh, Bo Kifis, which is a haunting name, uh, for a lot of uh, fans because he's mentioned here and there by other people, but you never really 
get an idea. Like the last time we heard about this guy, um, we were reviewing the uh, the past book, or was it the Sinners? One of those two books. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but what I can do is I can Google that. One right. of the two he's mentioned in there because <laughs> not in stat-wise, he's also in the story where it talks about him taking a boat out with a violin and basically burning to death. You saw Kokanda right. failed and that was that, and you're like, man, weird, what the hell? And it was cited at the dude was Well, here he is again. And this time, this is sort of a in-the-moment Bokevis because he's, he's kicking around, writing this missive to his chilled, telling his chilled that in your neck of the woods, there's this monk, and you should go and embrace him. You know, that's right. you should make yeah. it, ha- or the becoming, as they call it, which is the right terminology, uh, to make a vampire is called the becoming in the, in the parlance, as it is. And uh, so that's what he tells him to do. And he says, you should do it because this would be great for you to get started on your your right to rule and, and to control and what how to influence things and whatnot. And the church is a great thing to get into. However, you're far cry from being from under me. We are still teaching you. There are a thousand things right. I need to teach you. I remember that distinctly, right? The entire just laying it down. I haven't taught you how to, how to accept his hospitality. I haven't taught you how to have discourse with the Nosferatu without giving insult to its appearance. You know? Real cool things. And then he immediately cuts to the fact of what he's doing. Well, this is what I am what I just got finished doing, and oh, it was fun. I'm in your Londinium, and I'm running around, and I found this guy, um, Aethelfred, I believe his name is. And um, yeah, because it's the derivative of Alfred. But anyway, it's uh, Aethelfred or whatever. Um, he's talking about him. He says it's this, uh, this particular character is a, very, a fan of the wood. It's a gangrel, and he's believes he's in his moment or whatever it was, but he's, he's been a naughty lad and I'm going to go kill him. And I did. And he gets in his diatribe of how he hunted him. Right. And he talks about Aethelred right. really uh, went to the maximum what he could. He impressed Bokeepus because he said, despite what this guy tried to do, um, he ran at first and then I had to go deep into the woods and he knew the woods well. And he, he sank in the earth thinking he escaped me only to watch me sink into the earth right next to him. And then he came up at night and took off running, and I came up at night, and then he turned around and dove at him. And this grand battle, which the sire Bokeefus describes as a gentle wrestling. You know, there's a fight, and he <laughs> right. fought mightily. Describing like your your son may one day challenge the father, because they both trained right. together boxing style. And oh, it was a proud moment. But I had to put him down. I had to eat him. I devoured him whole. It's It was a great time. And uh, now he's gone. And you should go in and take that monk that he had discourse with. And, right. and that's it. Uh, as as a as a side note, uh, looks like according to the White Wolf Wiki, um, the last book he would have been in was Clan Book La Sombra. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if uh, I could have the name wrong. I'm almost positive it's him too in another book, or it could be two different people named both he, of us. But well, yeah, he he's in a bunch of uh, Dark Ages books, and he's mentioned in uh, Encyclopedia Vampirica as well. It could be so. there too. It all blends together at a point, but uh, <laughs> right. I think it's cool. But uh, the the point is that he's here, and this is where you're going to find reference to him with any content right. of a magnitude so far that we've reviewed. Right. And what's yeah, this is like the first reference of. But him, what's really. the back end, right? Because you still don't know his clan, but the back end they tell you of of Aethelred and uh, Aethelred's point of view. He comes upon this monk, and he's this gangrel in control. He's in charge, and when he approaches him, right. he's like, you know. Hey, you know, we're, we're going to have a discourse and talk, but the monk's the one writing the missive. He gets into this missive of how he encounters vampires. And you, the reader, right. learn what a vampire is through the eyes of the story. 
talks about the societies, tells him about how Aethelred wanted to be admonished for what he did, given the last rites, and then killed by the priest. Aethelred was tired. He just, he was done being a gangrel eating yeah. in the forest. Right. Well, as most tales go, <laughs> and you figure this out, the monk is a retired knight, right? He served in a crusade, put down the sword, decided to become a monsignor, and uh, he's settled away from everybody else because he studies herbology. And honestly, if we could be upfront, he seems like a bit of a badass who retired too early. Like he's one of those right. people who still had a, had fight in him, but there was no fight for him to be. There was no war worthy of him. So he was doing God's work. Well, God's work came calling, and his faith is what held Aethelred at bay. His faith had all the vampires in the area in fear of him just by him living there. He had no idea about them. And Aethelred's the one that broke the silence of the blood, which is a tradition. And he came forward and started right. telling him, well, now you know why Bokephus came through Londinium and killed him. That was the reason. Because there's another tradition, which is the, the tradition of destruction, different than the modern version. The tradition of destruction here states that elders are the only ones with the right to kill. It's not just the prince, right? It's the right. elders, period. And so because of that, Bokephus executed that right to deal with a problem. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't something to scare his child. It was to tell his child, this monk's now available. Please, please take the advantage. Right. And it's a good tale because uh, without getting overly detailed to tell you the whole thing, it highlights the fact that this gangrel aetheroid turns out was manipulating the monk. He told them all about vampires and how to drop vampires and how to deal with them because there was a nine-year-old Scandinavian vampire who was 300 years old that was living nearby, and it was on Aethelred's land, as he called it. And he couldn't do shit because this 300-year-old vampire would smoke him. But Aethelred conveniently had a map of this guy's entire haven and area and how to get through it. Told him all the troops he had, all the stuff he had to get through, just, just deal with them during the day. And they worked together to chop up this mighty stag, to poison it, to feed it to the hellhounds that this guy had guarding him. And then he went in to kill this kid. Yet the monk refused. It got time to kill him. Right. And instead he just staked Mm -hmm. him like he was supposed to. And uh, because the child revealed he woke up right in the middle of the day in the process of being staked. This is, I actually enjoy this the most out of everything. Because when he woke up and looked at him, the priest or the monk immediately knew that this was no child. He was too old. His eyes were too telling. It was it was somebody who was used to commanding and, and being feared. And that's unusual for a nine-year-old to say right. the least. Well, and uh, the other thing, too, that they focus on in this story is that um, you know, the monk's faith, like true faith is kind of a big deal. Um, and that's something that you'll – right. It's, it's something that like you'll you'll come to understand about the Dark Ages is that faith is a little bit more – a lot of bit more prevalent – than it is now right like people are genuinely superstitious people genuinely believe the things that they believe more so than they do today you know the 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 long night is full of people who sort of secretly acknowledge the fact that vampires exist but you also have those that like not secretly believe wholeheartedly in their god and believe that vampires are demons and so in this story, they kind of talk about, you know, the kid, the gangrel and the monk and the gangrel being like, I couldn't 
I couldn't fuck with you if I right. wanted to. <laughs> right. Right. And he keeps right. saying that. Remember that creepy moment where he hopped right. up on the table and Aethelred took his dagger right. and he goes, right, you have faith. And he whipped it and it cut his hair and stuck in the wall. And he goes, but right. I could kill you from afar. Any canine worth their salt could. And that's, but I don't want to. I want you to kill me. But it was, it was bullshit, right? Because right? you find out that when Aethelred gets his hands in this kid and he's here, he's like, good, you have him. Oh, you know, basically rubbing his hands together. Let's do this. And they commenced to torture right. uh, this guy. I believe it was Harald was the kid's name, actually. And they and they torment and torture him. And uh, they do it because, well, Aethelred hates him. But the Monsignor wanted to know what could hurt a vampire, how they heal in the whole nine. And so he goes through this process with him. In the end, ultimately, he's the one who does end up dealing with him. I'll let you read all that. But uh, the cool part about this is the fact that Aethelred's a piece of shit. <laughs> right that's the cool part about this Aethelred had no intention of being killed by the by the monk right it was right. all a ruse because at the end of it what happens is is uh well the monk loses his true faith he right. lost it dealing with Aethelred and this was kind of the purpose but in the in the course of Aethelred doing it whatever he was going to do to the end Bokephus comes along and interrupts it not that Bokephus was saving him Bokephus had no idea right he came in and said you Aethelred dealt with Aethelred, the rest is history. Now, for all we know, 300 years old, we know is the mark of an elder, right? And that's, uh, that's Haman or Harald. I forget which one. It's an H name. Cool name. And uh, But if he's an elder, that means that Aethelred should never have plotted to kill him because that's another tradition, right? And in so right. doing, he incurs the wrath of the elders, and the elders set one or however it went. But it gives you, it shows you how all this new stuff is kind of gelling together. And if you're new, you could still get by it because you're just learning what this all is and how it would work right. out, which is what, I mean, to me, every intro story needs to do just that. Immerse you, give you different sides, different opinions, and then, of course, allow you to later on when you get to the lexicons and the cube buzzwords to be able to go, aha, that's what that was. Right. Well, and I think that that's important, too, because of kind of the distinction that I'd made earlier, where I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know history, so I can't run this game. And it's like, you do know that there aren't cars, there's not cell phones. And like, basically, everyone lives in like wood, stone or mud. Like, you, you don't need to know everything of history to run a good game out of this book. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, they're kind of telling you, like, there aren't a lot of people but there are a lot of vampires. And so you can tell a very primitive story, a very basic story. And I think that this story here gives you that framework and gives you an idea of that does an excellent job. And right. And also, you know, they're very distinctly telling you after the story, when you start reading about what this game actually is, they're very distinctly telling you, like, you don't have to follow the history of the human world. At all. Like you don't have to do that. Um, you know, you can make it up as you go. And you don't have to like, you don't have to worry about it affecting your modern day game. You don't have to do that. It's, it's the game you want to run. And, you know, I, I have a different perspective after reading this book because, you know, I just was, I was resistant. I was very resistant. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't, this doesn't make any sense. Like it makes sense, but I don't care. Right. And, and I, I have to say, I have read some dark ages stuff. I've played in dark ages games. Like you have to read some stuff, but now you know, after reading these stories and reading this book, I have a different perspective on it for sure. And it's, I love the review part of it, right? Cause that's what this does. Not only nostalgic, right. it's like, right. we, I got this when I was what, that was 17, 
right? Instead of getting into right. it, now I'm 40. Right. So the content's even more compelling because I can understand what the fuck I'm reading, right? Or, or right. the point right. is that angst isn't there. I've learned some things, and that's the point. So in the regelling, very good, right? I'm, I'm just I was hooked at that right. point. I also was blown away by right. several things, right? Because it goes on to kind of describe uh, the societies, which we're not to yet. But here's some terms, right? It says first and foremost, there's a thing called a prince, right? However. A prince in the modern day is like his he's the sole ruler for a vast area and everyone fears that guy. What, what what's a right. prince in dark ages though? Well, a prince in dark ages is just sort of the eldest in an area, right? And I was reading about that too, like um how certain princes will pay a fealty to right. other princes. I, I thought that that was really cool too, right? And it, it makes sense because, you know, a while back Somebody was like, hey, da-da-da-da-da, War of Princes. And I was like, yeah, I've read about that stuff, but like, I don't, you know, I didn't really read Dark Ages, but I don't know what the fuck that means. But like now that concept makes more sense to me, right? If you're like the the oldest, like if you're, I don't know, the oldest vampire in London, right? And then there's other princes in other areas and they pay fealty to you. Well, now you have, you know, you have your princes, right? And then Meanwhile, you could have somebody older somewhere else, and now these collaboration of princes. Why well, I'm, well, I'm smiling and, and kind of laughing is because exactly what Mithras did. He ruled London. Right. You came to him. You paid homage. You had an area. He acknowledges your area. You pay fealty to the him as as a vassal. You become a vassal prince. Now, 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 fuck right. off back to your territory. Literally leave. <laughs> Why? Because what right. did the prince have to deal with? May seem small. Villages are not millions of people. Right. It's like 10,000 is a large city. Right. But that's not enough to support a vast amount of vampires. So we can't have anybody coming to visit and staying. There is no night of acknowledgement where everybody comes in and you're here. It's you're visiting. And that's because you're leaving at some point later on when business is done. So why are you here? Right. Right. And it's and that's that's more than a subtle difference. It's a necessity. Right. Well, I like, too, how they said that. It It is mostly always the eldest. However, sometimes it might not be. It might be the individual that a bunch of elders get behind and push forward to that right. position. Right. So maybe they got shit going on. They don't want to be the man in charge. So they shove you forward, <laughs> i.e. your modern. But day they princes. tell you exactly what the prince is. Right. You're the guy who right. has to punish people. Has to. That's really the sole reason you're up there. They don't want to put their name on it. That's you who did it. You wear the bullseye. And that's exactly what that is. They also know that you're the person to grant privileges to. But that's really it. Beyond that, we uh, you can get out of our business now. So just sit back and be you. Right. However, the more powerful the prince, the more liberties can be taken. And that's the, that's the important thing, right? So what determines power, though? Right. Your standing. What determines standing? Your generation. How close you are to Cain. That's number one. Right. right? However, it's not everything. Right? Because then how long have you been around? Right. How old are you? What is your generation? Um, and also, my understanding um, was clan also played yes. a factor into that. But, um, you know, that, that's that's its whole other thing. Um, I, I don't feel like they focus on it so much in this book. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's there down the road. And, and honestly, it's kind of like a read between the lines thing. It is. Um, but 
one thing that I noticed, like one of the first things that I noticed is we're getting into this book, because obviously you go page by page, it's a book like any other core book, right? Like this is 96. So the game makers, White Wolf, the people that are creating these core books, like they've got it down by now. They know how to make a core book. So we'll give them that. But one of the first things that I noticed that really struck me as something that I hadn't known before was the difference in the traditions. So they're slightly different. And one of the things that is slightly different is this first tradition, the legacy. So um, what is what is the legacy, uh, the legacy. for us uninitiated? We'll just make it simple. For uninitiated, legacy means that you're a predator. You do not run around to pretend to be immortal. You don't chase, the, you don't chase your humanitas. You are what you are, and that's as God made you to be, right? However, that does not mean you have the right to devolve into a beast, right? You have to be the right. predator. And and for that to happen, or why that is, is because remember the uh, religious overtones. To them, if you're a vampire, it's as God wills it. Don't seek to not be a vampire. Also, don't be don't be a beast. Don't be a monster because you're not supposed to be an evil either. Or at least they don't say evil, right. but we get what that is. Don't become a white, right? That's don't run around causing right. problems because right. you're going to be violating other traditions, right? So the legacy um, that looks like that replaces the hospitality. Also. Uh, masquerade is not the same insofar as it's called the masquerade. They call it the silence of blood. Um, I feel like for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing. But That's the only uh, one I would say you know, is the same thing. Um, because it's not, yeah. it's, it's not just that. It's just that I'm, I'm being more, more uh, I don't know what I'm being more. I, th- I, I would say I'm, be, I'm being more literal maybe. Um, it's because this hit me right. as profound too when I went through this because – I'll be honest, folks, when it came to Dark Ages, I don't think I ever read this section because I knew the modern traditions. And I took that right, and we played right. live action. We even played Dark Ages in live action. It was like, oh, they're, they're the same. Right. We've been in games right. where it happened. And you take that at face value for a time. And then I'm like, I ran this different, which is why this led me into conflict when I played modern. Right. When I went to that, I was like, oh, I'm right. the legacy, bro. This is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, no. Humanity. You can't. Oh, no. You can't go hunting and killing. What do you mean? I can't. I'm a vampire, bro. Right. right. And that's and that's how right. it is. And you hear that. But when you look at stuff like uh, accounting, more or less, this is what it is. I think better said um, is that this is obviously where it originated from. This is the original right. alleged from Roman times traditions that came from Cain. The second generation, as told right. by the second generation. They don't mince words. This is not might have been told by the second generation. This is what they fucking used in the first city. That's that. <laughs> who said that? The elders. Well, who are the elders? The people that have the right of destruction to kill you for being annoying because you're asking questions. That's that's what the elders are at this point, right? <laughs> right. So, um, and what the accounting is, and this is what I love about it. The traditions here, not only do they make sense, because they tell you exactly why it's here, Right. Um, the accounting before I'm in modern, I've heard this a lot where they're like, what is it? So what's the big deal? My sire makes me, they sure they keep tabs on me, but I can exist without my sire helping. Right. right. I can just, that's my concept. I don't have some, I'm, I'm gone. And I keep saying to myself, well, then you're autarkus. If you're like F you and didn't participate and somehow got away, then you're not part of the camp. But right. I digress because in here, the reason why you have accounting is because it is not just the chilled that's foobar. And the sire is never off the hook. According to this tradition, if Nate's my chilled and we're Bruja and Nate decides one day, hey, Bob, thanks for the training. Go fuck yourself, Promethean. And he bounces. And I don't see Nate for three centuries. 
And the next time I see him, the Anarch Revolt's been rolling. We've been doing whatever and all that. And he's like, I won't kill you, sire. I'm cutting you a pass. And I'm like, I don't know what the problem is. And, and you're like, well, you'll know. And Nate leaves. But then the prince brings me up for destruction. Why is he doing that? Your fucking chilled came in here and look what he did. That's accounting right. as well. That doesn't, that doesn't eschew right. you. It means your responsibilities for all time on what your chill does. This is also why that tradition of destruction's there because your elders can kill you. Meaning I don't have to go find Bob to come kill Nate. Right. That's what the, that's kind of what the right. modern what traditions would lead you to believe that only my sire can kill me or the prince. No, no. See them, see them primogen in the modern. If this were back in the day, they could smoke you on the spot. Right. I don't like the cut right. of your jib. You get to fucking die. Why? Because I'm the right. elder. And what I say and goes, people are bitch. trying to feed around here, Jack. But, and right. this is what I love about it. Right. They're like, herd is everything. It's everything. It's not just, you know, you can have a right. domain that's great. If you're a domain of empty, dead village, no one gives a shit about your domain. You better have people. And if you're that guy who has that domain, you better hope you're the one who has the one farmer and the three cows. You better really hope that's you. And you're going to fiercely defend them because it's all the food you have without poaching. And for vampires, poaching right. is going to another domain and feeding on a random mortal. It doesn't matter if you didn't know that Lord One Toe, master of the potato famine, is 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 the one guy responsible to the Torador in the area. Doesn't matter. You came and fed him, and now he knows about you and whatever whatever would have happened. That person has rights right. to come and seek seek justice, which is a uh, well, uh, that's uh, the other thing, too, I, I want to mention here, um, you know, because it's the Dark Ages and, you know, this book pretty much flat out explicitly states like this is the Dark Ages for Europe, right? This is like traditional European, you know, uh, no Asia, no Africa, obviously not the United States because uh, that shit hasn't been discovered, apparently. Um, so, you know, it's, we're, we're talking like traditional Europe, Holy Roman empire, that kind of stuff. That's, that's where this game takes place. So, um, you have progeny. Yeah. So yes, progeny was huge because the reason why uh, the, the progeny also came around is because it wasn't just permission to embrace. It was permission to ghoul. Right. Right. Yeah. They do mention just anyone. And that's, and that's how it went again. We're talking about food source. Right, more than anything yeah. else, and that's and that really kind of all that gels together to go. Okay, this makes sense to have a good vampire community. We all got to kind of march to the tune of the drum of those who built this area and are defending this area. So I can't just come in here and and shit in somebody's pot and, and call it stupid. Right, right. I got to figure out. Now, of course, you're you're not obligated to follow these traditions, but you know, don't be surprised when you get smoked. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just the truth, right? Everything back then is is progeny. You have to remember, this is a time before the Anarch Revolt. This is the time where the oppression of one's elders is is the rule. It's not. It's not the. It's not, you know. It's not the exception. It is how you exist, and we we use the term oppression, but. Uh, I don't think many elders see it that way. They see it. I don't, as even, I don't think any logical person would see it as that. It's not oppressive. If we're living in a time when we have to walk to get to the next town, and that walk would take us, oh, give or take a month, right? Right. And and there's there's like minuscule people, if any, between me, me to there, and we can only do it half the time because the daylight would burn us. Okay, right. I right. think we get why this is happening, right? We gotta. We have a time constraint. Right. We got a travel constraint. 
We got we got all sorts to worry about, and I need to somehow generate interest to come to my fiefdom because I can't go to that one, so we can get more food. So this becomes imperative. Right. You know, you don't want to waste your food source and just anything. Think apocalypse, folks. Right. It's kind of like a no shit, but like it'd be, you know, I could hop in the car and I could drive three hours and see Bob if I wanted right. to. But um, otherwise, you know, in the dark ages, I'm like, hey, uh, see you next season. I'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> I really like this visit. I'll spend one fortnight at home and I will be en route. Next year we'll meet. Right. Right. <laughs> I'll see you when the sun is again at its lowest point in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving along from there, here's what really blew my fucking mind about this book. There are uh, sects of vampires. There are. Real quick, though. Let me uh some, some notes, yeah. some changes of note. Yeah. Uh, Elysium. You guys heard us talk to Death of Elysium before. Loden's Laws of Elysium. If you're ever curious where it came from, it slapped in the Stargate's book, right? Elysium. Loden did, right. is known, notorious, for being the one to make official laws of Elysium. Beforehand, it was just right. hospitality. And your upbringing would ensure your uh, dignitas, as it were. But but I feel like between you, me, and the lamppost, there's no possible conceivable way that that like obviously they were like shit. We got this cool idea for Elysium. We'll we'll throw it in Loden. Loden made it. But then they were like, okay. Oh no 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 no! I'm agreeing with you there. What I'm saying is is and I'm I'm talking right, right. timeline sense, in game. I'm not talking right, about right. actual. <laughs> we'll leave that where it is. Right. I'm not touching right, right. that. It's Ed football. Yeah. Uh, but uh. This makes more sense. Elysium here, they tell you flat out, it comes from a, a Roman tradition when you would host parties, right? You'd have that ability and you'd come out, party up, and that'd be great. And so there was a place everyone could gather. But only peasants don't get to go do this. Ruffians don't get right. to go do this. This is only for the upper crust. For those, the in crowd are the only ones who get to go to Elysium to enjoy Elysium because that's where the elders enjoy themselves. It's a station distinction. Right. And this devolves in the modern, right? In the modern, this doesn't happen. Right, right. The modern, it becomes the place where the only, you can only meet your primogen if you go to Elysium, buddy. You should. Right. Well, you know, I think that that's kind of, um, I think that's a bit of a side effect of LARP, honestly. I, I really, truly do. Because like, you know, how many LARPs have you played in? And they're like, oh, it's nice Elysium. And you're like, no, it's just yep. fucking, it's game. It's just game session, right? But, but you need something to focus on. Okay. Well, why are all these vampires together? Okay. Well, it's a party. All right. It's a party, but it's a party. We can't talk about politics at, but like, that's the point of this game. I don't get right, it. Cause well, that would require subtlety. That would require talking right. when the person who would rat you out or get you in trouble for doing it is across the room. Right. That's right. Or talking right, in code. or stepping outside for a minute. I left something in the car, right. whatever you had to do. Um, but right, right. why it's not done, and I get it too, is because in the modern, it doesn't stress that. It tells you the place is here and no. here's how it could be or should be. They don't mention that if you throw a salon, which is a styled party, it would be here. But let me tell you what they mention here. They mention Elysium's here become a place where, where children develop fear of the elders. Because you know what an Elysium party is for elders back in the day? When that science of the blood's important, but they were the rulers of the fiefdom? Because this is pre-Inquisition. They would go ahead and decide that, hey, you know what's cool? You four are going to be the valiant vampires assaulting the lupines over here. And the lupines are going to be myself, Nate, Rachel, and, uh, well, just for shits and giggles, Jeff. And by the way, we're all your elder council. 
So we'll put on the cool stuff and we have some magics to use to make us look like werewolves. We're going to be out there in our barbarian furs. It's going to be great. And you, the neonates, we're going to tear apart. Defend us. Don't (laughs) use your silver. You're not using your silver. You're ruining my performance. Ah, I'll just frenzy and play in your entrails. But you'll live. Our goal wasn't to kill you. But here you are draining in pieces, slowly putting it together. And and everybody else is just like, what the fuck was that? I don't know, Bob. You're not uh, you're not telling a tale that's making me not want to rebel, so. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You're being stuck in these moments where you're just right. basically every every night it's Caligula, and it depends on which fiefdom you go to of what elder takes on that role, and that's where right. this comes from. So in the modern, when someone throws an Elysium, it's the place where vampires can let their hair down. So you can do something like a mock play of whatever done by Nosferatu. You know, Tortor right. want to do a Rocky Horror picture, picture show that Bob will never pay attention to. But that's that's what, you know, you, you can do. I mean, just saying, I'm not a Rocky Horror fan. Just right. dropping that. Hey, you know what? I I, uh, I saw it live. It wasn't terrible. I, I enjoyed it. I saw it uh, like as it's, a play. It's good, you know? but it's been killed in my 40 years of me. No, I mean, I was I was the exact same way. I, I am, I will say, matter of factly, and this is a slight derail, but so what? You're listening to a podcast; these things happen. Um, I'm not a I'm not a fan per se, but I I'm not a time. basher. I'm not a fan, but I'm not a basher. I get it. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't. I don't bash anything anymore. At least not <laughs> my whole family <laughs> loves it. My whole family loves Rock River Picture Show. Right. I love Tim Curry, um, but I I know the entire song and the entire movie in my sleep. Yeah. I know it now. It's playing in the back of my head. It's it's because it's culturally ubiquitous. It's it's one of those things like I knew it sitting down and I'd never. And it's seen why it, true right? Bruja suck. I don't like the time warp. <laughs> time warping is temporous, and we're back again. No, dude. I, honestly, there's a there's kind of like a correlation between that and this book, and that's because most of the information in this book I thought I knew because it's just so like culturally ubiquitous, yeah. right? Like I, I I know everything. That's, that's what I'll tell myself to sleep at night, but reading this book, I don't, right. I don't know. I didn't know about like kind of the origins of the Ankanu. I didn't know about the order of the bitter ashes. I didn't know about that stuff. And these are, these are like vampiric sects that are obviously important at the time that just did never even. And you're going to go detail on it, right? We're going to go detail. We're going to do that because I think those should be, goes detail yeah, be important, want, right? Yeah. But I want to explain something. Did you ever wonder where the Warrens came from? Probably the concept of yeah, which I read about in here for the first time too. So where did vampires stay? Where did they get away from all this? They had to go underground, literally, right? And they made labyrinths. You know, people would expend massive amounts of wealth. Coteries would build these in-ground structures to disappear into, and it depends on the clan majority as to how that was done in multiple ways. The Nosferatu are the ones who are notorious for because they had no choice, right? There was no way. I mean, right, you're not right. living in a, I don't care who you are. You're not living in the clay castle, right? You're yeah. Uh, there's so much light coming through that well, thing. And, yeah. Uh. So, so that, that was an interesting thing too, because I was always like, well, you know, how did the Nosferatu exist before the creation of sewers? Right. Like where did they go? Did they just like hide under a rock? It's nightmarish. I mean, to reach it is because some of this <laughs> is like, Right. They, I mean, the very first, I mean, you're at the first of it, right? To play an Osferatu now, it's to live amongst plague. It's to live amongst the dying because they would, some of them would hide under piles of bodies during the day. 
That was just, you know, war right. would happen and the Nosferatu flourished. A lot of vampires did. But the Nosferatu were the ones who were like, oh, thank God. You know, at least we won't have problems hiding for the sun when we're out walking around. It was like, really? And now think of how the Nos look. If you were a peasant back then, it's, it's fucking hell. Demons are running around at night eating right. people. It's hanging out by the dead. It's, this is massive. This is madness. And you can't deal with it. But, right. you know, La Sombra. Uh, would uh, would build these underground labyrinthine places as well and then execute everyone who helped build it because they like the dark. They have an affinity for it. And so they dug there to do what yeah. they do, so on and so forth, right? And they tell you about it because, duh, survival's a thing, and that's a commodity. That's something that you need to have. And it just rolls together. That's a change. Um, without spending too much time on it, if you never heard the term and understood it, Lex Talonis, it's it means punishments, right? Is that, is that, uh, well, it means the law right. of retaliation. Um, I, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but, um, I always called it Lex, Lex Talionis. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I don't speak that language. Um, but that's, that's what I, I do know the exact definition of it because I always, I always thought it was very interesting. It's the law of retaliation, right? It's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's, it's meant to be like, you did this, so we do this awesome. to you. Um, and that's that's right. very Hammurabi, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I was I was going to ask you. I was going to be like, "Hey, you think the next uh, prince I play, I'll, I'll just uh, it, you know invoke the Lex Talionis and I just you did something wrong? Oh, you offended him? I'm going to cut out your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you touched his ghoul? Well, your fingers are gone. Touch nothing ever again. Mm-hmm. I take a finger. <laughs> right. You gave him. You gave him that the hairy eyeball. I take now, how eyeball. any of you know of this law of retribution? Um, it would be blood hunts, right? Pretty bland in the modern. Right. Just a blood hunt, move on, you're done. But what you got to know about blood hunts right. is that that's only one version of the law of retribution, right. right? And the distinctive difference: a prince calls a blood hunt in the dark ages. Uh, he better hope people will listen to it, right? Because he's the baddest of the land. That doesn't mean you are. And whoever he's blood right. hunting, odds are is an enemy. Or has given offense of some sort and may have the power to give offense, or you don't support the prince. Well, I mean, it seems like to me, and this is something that I've always kind of taken from this game, that like destruction should be like the last possible, like when you have no more room to maneuver, destruct when when the offender has done something so terrible that no other possible retribution can be gained, that's when destruction should be invoked. That's what I've always thought this game was, right? But you know, and I know, that ain't how it goes, It's not at all. There's multiple things that you can do and multiple outs in the Dark Ages. Let's say you're someone who the prince isn't offended with, i.e., let's say you're a friend of mine, Nate, and you're a vampire and you come in and you, you commit an offense, but I don't think it's... I have to punish you, right? But uh, it's only, it's a ghoul you made. You didn't ask permission, but I have to set example. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree to a trial of combat. I'll have you fight against my best ghoul. No, no, not my best ghoul. We'll have it be the uh, would-be chilled of mine, his ghoul. You'll fight him, and if you could best him in combat, then you're, you're, you're innocent. And if you lose, well, then you were guilty, and we'll kill you. <laughs> he'll, he'll die you to Torport, and you'll never see the light of day again. That's fair. Oh, okay. I can also turn around and make it me right. in the trial of combat, right? Right. You certainly And, and that yeah, depends absolutely. on favor, right? Also, that depends on favor or deal of fire. They have that. And this is brutal. To read this one, everyone in court lines up, right? 
and you have to run the gauntlet, but they all have torches and they're all going to beat you with the torches as you go through. Right? <laughs> like, how do I? And, and if the prince doesn't like you, you do it naked. Right. <laughs> it's, right. <laughs> it's like, what an asshole. It's, uh, right. And it's. Well, and I, I think, too, the other thing that's important is that um, a lot of these, they, they're only. They they only have a function for those that are participants mm-hmm. in the system, right? And that's that's no different than modern day. But I think that's one thing that a lot of people forget is that these punishments are afforded only to those that are of value to the society, right? And also, I think it's important to note that you don't have to just blood hunt somebody, right? There's a difference between a blood hunt and a banishment. So maybe you just aren't even worth the time. You're just you're just excommunicated from the domain. Just piss off. And, and modern-wise, yeah. Excommunication here in the Dark Ages, that's like death. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, good <laughs> right. luck to you. Right. We won't kill you, but eh, have fun. Right. Go and enjoy uh, fighting the werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's, and that's that. I mean, uh, the, uh, there's a test of the beast and ordeal of purifying light. I'm just doing this to be thorough. Yeah. Test of the beast, real simple. If you are not one who has animalism, no affinity for beasts, they will throw you in a pit with a ghouled, starved animal, usually a bear or a pack of wolves. And if you can beat them, great. If not, you're dead. Right. <laughs> Either way, the prince is entertained, and so are the guests who came. Right. By the way, trial of combat, trial of fire. If live or dead, whatever, you're entertaining. Prince is entertained. Everybody came out to see it. Right. Ordeal of purifying life's the only one that I said, this is when he hates you. <laughs> right. Because the test is to be locked into a box of sorts with like a hole and mm. sunlight gets to come through it. Those are my or ch- favorite. Or chained to the eastern wall. This those, is- are my, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. I remember in your game when um, when B-Wood was playing the Justicar and he had sentenced somebody to uh, uh, the, the the to be locked in the box with the holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to slowly be uh, seared in sections right right if yes if you survive the test then you clearly did not uh violate this tradition <laughs> i was like <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> i did nothing wrong right. uh, but uh before we uh before we go from there i mean that's i just want to get that because this is right by the way the only authority of politic you're going to run into right you know they come by many names all of them prince elders right that's it Right. Um, but we uh, we transition because they mentioned them a couple times. I do love them too. Uh, we get to the different sects that they announce, right? Yeah. Uh, Nate, what's an Inkanu? Well, um, so I always thought that the Inkanu were like this weird secretive sect of like elders that like excommunicated themselves from or like removed themselves from the politics of uh, of of the kindred society. Um, but uh, they're like an actual sect here. So they kind of are that, but they're a little bit different as well. And what it is, is that the, uh, the Inconu, right? The important thing that stuck out to me, they're the Roman kindred. Right. Rome might have fallen, but they're the ones who survived. And their blood is potent, right? Their, their holdings are vast. They survived the fall of a dominating nation. And in that time, that's huge, right? Right. You know, it's called the it's called the Dark Ages because you know when Rome fell, so did the modern advances, right? That they right. had it was picked apart, pillaged, it was it was destroyed. It sent us to the Dark Ages. Well, so Whatever. one of the things that they say in here that really kind of I was like, whoa, I didn't know that was one, 
the Enkanu are opposed to younger canites. They like oh, yeah. they they have no 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 love for them. But also um, that the Torador, Zemis, and Bruja are never part of the Enkanu. Um, and no, no, finish your thought. Sorry, I was. And and, and it, it it's because of what happened in Carthage. Right, right. And when you think of it, which baffles, well, it doesn't baffle me. If you if you read all the clan books or at least heard of reviews of them too, up to this point, makes a lot of sense, right? right. The venture had a huge hand in the development of of Greek Sparta lifestyle, right? right? They latched onto it. Awesome. I don't mean that they created it; they influenced it. The Bruja, huge in Athenian culture, right? That that was all about them. That was for Rome got a kick at it, right? Right. And so because of that, awesome, good times, uh, has a falling out, right? We know that. But then Rome rises from it. And then Rome's only foe is Carthage. Right. And why Rome's foe is Carthage is because Carthage was getting it done. You know, they're seamen trading, getting all that in. They're able to pull from vast areas and territories. Rome's right now just figuring it out, just figuring out how to gel together and be that republic they love. And great, but here's Carthage basically giving them the finger. We won't bow to you and we're not a Roman territory. And finally, Rome's like, yeah, you are now and go over there and wreck shop. Right. Right. Did atrocity. Right. I won't get into it again. I did on a previous podcast, but just look that up, man. That kinda, was real. It kind of reminds me of that story of the book um, from Requiem of like the Roman era vampires. The, I think it's the Camarilla, actually. It is. That's when it was done. I don't want to. I want to stick here because I, I've often right, right. said I love it, and right. it's an amazing book. Right, right. I, bought it, I actually physically bought it twice just because. I don't know if there is an Inkanu book for Dark Ages, but I wish there. I hope there is because I want to read more about this. And I, I want to I, read more about this this Inkanu. The, the distinction I wanted to make is that in the books of modern Inkanu, are some weird elders that hang out in some places. You never really know what the hell. Right. That's about. They're all they're like hung out in a castle and they're all locked in and they hate each other and blah blah blah. Right. The this gives you real kick ass Inkanu. They're right. people who exist to enforce these traditions to oppose what they see coming. Right. They yeah. fear that the young will band together and devour them because they know it happened once before. And so they're trying not to let that happen again. And if anything taught them as Carthage was picked apart or Rome was picked apart, right. they saw it was these little pockets of people opposed the great and ended it. And they're the ones who survived it. And because of that, they're like never again. And so they're trying to influence where the young just kind of get a kick in the ass every time they're about to get something going. Well, that's what, what are, uh, what, sorry. No, I was just saying that's what they do. What are the, uh, f- uh, furores? Fiorores. Fiorores. Yeah, they're... Fiorores. This is different. This is something people will be familiar with because if you're thinking of where the Nosferatu, the Malkavids, and whatnot, most likely are going to kick it, it's going to be with the peasants, right? Right. Where they're not noticed, kind of on the outskirts, thieving, robbing, kind of just living day to day. These are people not of station, who aren't coddled, who don't have the resources of a vast ancestor or what have you, um, that are just living day to day. Most often, your coteries are going to start here, right? They're just embracing, they're banding together to make something of themselves. And that's what the Fiores are. And they, they li- it's that. They're the outcasts who are living and making it happen uh, amongst the peasantry. I shouldn't say outcasts. They're kind just the- of, uh, Kind of like, to me, seemed ever so slightly like the Thieves Guild. 
<laughs> right? Like, yeah, I mean, got that. You kinda, can see it, but not really. Like, <clears throat> they kind of are, but they're like, obviously, it's not a fantasy game. So, right. like, the concept of thieves' guilds and things like that, that comes from somewhere. Um, What's your motivation to money as a vampire in this era? Right. Money is control, it's influence of mortals, but if you don't have a means to even keep them, Right. You know, to me, it's, it's like spies. It's like secret societies. It's those that, like you said, they dwell on the outskirts, the outside of, of the elite and sort of make their way as best possible. Um, The distinction for the name though, that's because those in power need something to call the workers. Right. I'm not bullshitting you. That's the read between the lines I got from it. We're Prince Mucky Muck. I'm your vassal Prince, Nate, and you're controlling Londinium. And we're sitting here trying to figure out what everybody listening to the podcast will be doing. Someone amongst the Fjords will have use because I need something built and I need a, I need this village conquered. Right. Let's tax them. We'll, and then your coterie gets there and we'll lift you up from the masses, possibly find a place for you, perhaps, perhaps even in court. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Go do this bidding for us and blah, blah, blah. You get how the extension of favor would be yep. and where it would go around. And it could be due to punishment or what have you. But you get the idea. These are not the people who get to live off the fat of the land and life's easy. These are the people who have to struggle night one. Figuring out where blood comes from, where they're going to sleep next. That's that's all for Right. So um, the Order of the Bitter Ashes, what what the fuck is that, Bob? Well, what's cool about it is I know a lot about them. Uh, I read the novel even. And uh, it affected me in some type of way. But I will tell you, it's not my favorite order. And this is why. It includes the Holy Grail. Right? Allegedly. <laughs> Right. Um, it's, a, it's a group of knights, Templar even, um, where, uh, well, it's arguable, Crusader knights at least, um, right. who believe a guy who comes out of nowhere and says, listen, um, the Grail can save you, quest for it, find it, drink from it, and you will, you will gain benefits, i.e. Be, be like God's, earn God's favor, absolution, or what have you. And they, of course, they're knights, they quest. And when they find it, or something of it, whatever it is they got, they were able to drink from this grail and gain some benefits. Now, some rumor of what the benefits were, were an amazing moon glowing skin. I do mean moon glow. Like right. they would, they have to wear armor and they would look like phantoms because they would glow brightly from it. If the moon was out, like their skin had a reflective quality. To it. The, they had no need to feed. Allegedly they made their own blood, right? You can see how that's a benefit because right. they can make their own blood. The beast was more placid. One would argue they, they couldn't frenzy, it seemed. And that is that is the effects of it that they describe here at the book at this time. We'll get more into it later. They have their own book. So Yeah, that- yeah I was I was gonna say I, I had noticed uh in my collection here that there's a lot of like um the Ashen Knight, the Ashen Thief. Are those related to this uh order? Somewhat. Like they definitely get into depth of what a knight is. In the Ashen Knight, and we'll we'll definitely dive into that. And they hint to this and give a little little section on it. Uh, but there's um, I'm also positive there's another book that goes into even greater detail for them right. specifically. Like if you read the novel, though, uh, caveat: don't read it <laughs> if uh, if if you're a fan of the uh, in-game material because in-game material keeps it generalized. When you put it to the in an author's hands and creatively how he would see it and tell that story, it's still a good book. But a lot of people then treat that book as sacrosanct, that that is now canon. Um, right. When, you know, it's 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 a novel. It's right. Anybody can do that novel. It's a novel the company approved of, but, you know, you make your novel out of it, is what I'm saying. 
Uh, still a very good sect in order. This is where you would put the players who are looking to play a questing knight. Like they're looking, I, I wish, I want retribution. I want the ability to defend a cause or have a cause. I need that for me to role play. This is a good one to throw at him. Or if you're looking for that, that bastard who has that background from the Crusades where he's just literally collecting riches at the end. He knows they're out there and he's just going around to where someone might have and they're just bringing them in. Uh, they're a good opponent for that, right? Because they're looking right. to defend these relics as well. And that's, right. uh, that's what the order's about. Yeah, I I, uh, I had never, like, I, I had a vague concept of, like, uh, the, the the order's existence, but I didn't know anything about it before reading this. So, uh, all right. Well, so the next one that we talk about here is Atarkis. And, I, and, and this is weird, Nate. You're going to have to explain this to me. So I always thought Atarkis was just, I don't want to participate in politics, so I'm Atarkis, and you leave me alone. Right. It's um, the, the modern parlance um, is someone, uh, kindred, who removes themselves from politics but also like they have their own motivations right so just because you you're you're not a participant doesn't mean you're not you don't have a motivation um but here they kind of give it a little bit um more uh like it's 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 i think it's more focused on in dark ages um at least in this version you know they've declared open rebellion it says they've declared open rebellion against the Inkanu and the withdrawn elders of the clans so so they're it's like to me, Autarchus here is basically the fundamental grounds of anarch movement. Yeah. Like th- it's it's basically the autarch was what an anarch was before it was called an anarch. And it was a little worse, wasn't it? We right. did describe how the Autarchus go around and will will decimate whole villages. Right, right. They're uh, like run around looking for elders to diablerize and shit. Right. Like, it's like the Sabbat meets the, the worst of the anarchs without calling right. them Sabbat. Right. It's, it, it's basically like all of those things that you heard about, about like packs of anarchs roaming from the roaming the village and or roaming the countryside and destroying villages and and just causing mayhem and murder. That's what the autarchus is, uh, at least in this, uh, at least this version. That's what they're called. So um, now we know why that has such a negative connotation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was an elder in uh, modern day and somebody was like, oh, that fucking Autarchus guy, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? He's yeah, right. I've had that in recent games. <laughs> What's an Autarch? Uh, how's he? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't like politics. And, and, that's, and I love it because reading the Tarkey just of what they were to what they're considered in the modern. It's like you're, you're a joke modern wise. Why the hell does he yeah. want to belong to the kid? Let me let me tweet this. <laughs> Fucking loser. You know, <laughs> we got the coolest parties, bro. You know, in the back of the dark ages, that dude would have been, you, you had to earn that title. <laughs> that right. Well, I mean, and you have to, you have to survive long enough to be even considered that. Right. Cause you, know, you had so. to have the strength to oppose those who would put you in place. Right. Right. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so then the next one are the Prometheans. Prometheans are awesome. I, I enjoy them thoroughly. Anybody who played the first uh, vampire uh, game knows what the Prometheans are because um, they had you know a strong pull in that game as well. They even made some of their characters canon out of there. But uh, the Prometheans more or less are the the learned Bruja. They're those who want Carthage to happen again. And they don't have to just be Bruja, but that's usually the proponents of it. And it would be, you know, Bruja, Torter, Malkavian, you know, whoever, whoever the right, encounter hate. Right. Because uh, if I remember correctly, that first game, that first Vampire the Masquerade computer game, like, 
wasn't the main character a Promethean? The person in it was Promethean that was uh, okay. working with working with them. Because believe it or not, I've never played it. It's it's pretty cool. I'm going off of pure memory, so the names are vague. I remember there being a really right. old Bruja male who was leading right. a. He was very violent and uh, trying to get everything down and kill them and screw these people. And then there was a, a Canarina the Wise, uh, was a Promethean that was that you encountered uh, there too that helps you transition to the modern that game. I remember that, uh, which was right. very cool. And but the but the feel is the same, right? These are people who are trying to show you that you can live with mortals, knowing what you are. And you being there, we can live one in the same. We did it in Carthage. We were opposed by these people. These assholes stopped us. Why did they stop us? And we could like we could take this village, and they'd gladly give us our blood if we can ghoul them and help them survive the plague or grow crops or there's a famine and we help them hunt. I mean, we can make this work. Right. That's their dream. Of course, there's dangers and flaws in it. Don't look at right or wrong. Think of would it be cool to fight for this ideal? And could you do it? That's the important thing, and that's why I dig them, uh, you know. And uh, that's that's that. Of course, they have a reason for they have their name. I also want a reason for you to read the book. So right. there's, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the last one that they mention here is the Manus Nigrum, and uh, I think we all know what that means. And if you don't, it's the Black Hand. I was going to say, can we? F- <laughs> let's let's let, let's pretend that you've heard you've heard one of our podcasts, um, and uh, I mean, the Dark Ages is when this sect actually makes sense so i don't really have a problem with them existing in the dark ages mm, i yeah. so <laughs> i read this and i went how did you fuck this up right this is right. awesome right here on paper how did this get so oh right. why and i'm done just saying no no i mean uh you know we've we've uh we've had our um we've had our diatribes on on the black hand um but i again i don't i don't see a problem with them uh being a sect that exists uh, in the dark ages, because that's where it kind of makes sense that they would for sure. But, and, and what did they do here? Um, ex- <laughs> frightening things. Uh, and, but it's all rumor. And that's what I enjoy about this a lot too. They don't exactly know everything, but they've heard rumor that there's a vast right. doomsday book that they're building. And it details right. every Haven of every vampire with their name and lineage. So they can take that book and hand it over Damn. to the antediluvians when they wake up. Damn. Well, I do want to put out, I, I want to point out, matter of factly, um, Dirty Secrets of the Black Hand came out two years before Dark Ages did. So um, I, didn't I don't want you to say that. <laughs> well, I, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And why I think it's a good thing is because that gave them two years to go, okay, how do we, how do we implement this into Dark Ages and not be fucky about it? And I, you know, I don't know if there's any other further details. I assume there has to be about the the black hand in the dark ages but um you know it doesn't seem like it's a major focus i want to be pleasantly surprised i have heard the dark ages material but like i said unlike modern i didn't use it all the time so the memory is like i read it right you know it's like asking you about a book you read when you were 14 it's gonna be a little skewed so i'll I'll wait to be pleasantly surprised too yeah i I mean thankfully they don't mention anything about soul eaters in this book. So can't, can't be all that bad. <laughs> all right. All right. Before we go to follow a sense of logic here and dive into the clans, uh, there's something to be considered here. Uh, first off are the religious connotations, right? We already mentioned they're severe. You know why they're severe. Right. Mortal wise. The book will remind you of why it is mortal wise. Uh, but then it's to look at one big thing. We're now in the era of the official canine heresy, right? Uh, what's a proponent flowing through it's the fact that uh 
it combines the end of the world themes of religion with fragments of the Book of Nod, right? And the, and the meat of it is, is what's fascinating. Uh, they believe that Cain was God's favorite of the two sons, and the mark of Cain is God's favorite. Therefore, God approved of Abel's murder, i.e., well, his sacrifice. He approved of Cain's choice, and then he was marked. And by Cain being touched by God, all of Cain's descendants and Cain himself are rewarded um, with power from God. Thus, they were as angels. Think of that, right? That, yeah, that's a very different outlook uh, than you have in the modern era. But this also kind of lets credence as to why some people believe are certain certain roads um, or paths later on get that whole our right to rule, our noblesse right. oblige over all comes from parts of this, right? Right. Right. And uh, that's another thing, too, that uh, is a huge difference between this and modern is that, um, you know, those paths of enlightenment from modern day. This is the origins. These are the roads, the roads of, of uh, you know, they call it via, you know, via humanitas and, you know, all, all of that. Like, that's a big focus here. So I'd almost say for people who are not used to playing paths, you might want to try Dark Ages. Just to get a little inspiration. What you want to is the Dark Ages is made where you can. Like, first and foremost, it's not that the modern you can't play a path. It's that you don't know why. Right. You don't know why it's there. Why wouldn't you just stay in humanity? Very good question. Why wouldn't you? The traditions state that you should blend in with humanity. You should be as to human. So, therefore, in the modern, that is why you don't jump to a path. They don't want you to go to a path. That's an old thinking. However, we're talking Dark Ages. And in the Dark Ages, you had a law right? The legacy. Mm -hmm. You had to be a predator. Therefore, slap you on the hand. The silence of, uh, of is different than the, the litany, uh, or right. The, yeah, the, the masquerade is different than silence of the blood. Right. Right. So the legacy is like, you need to know your place in, in God's universe, right? Your place in God's universe is a vampire. Whereas you're still not supposed to, tell mortals you exist but that's that's not a masquerade but we must teach you how to think and act like a vampire right because that's what you are and so here are these roads because we all have vast philosophies of what this means and how it should go and many teachers and many many folks out here are (laughs) are eager to talk with you to discourse with you to have these discussions whereas the modern you might as well burn all that (laughs) because Camarilla's like, look, there was an anarch revolt and some inquisitors and shit. Um, Mom's the word. GQ it up. Just don't be caught on camera. (laughs) It turns, right? And that's what I I enjoy about it the most. But here's where you get to let your head down, and here's where it's okay to be someone playing on a road and and, and going for it. But most importantly, the role play of the transition from a dwindling humanitas to an actual road. And how to be right. guided and how that environment is open for you to do so without fear of retribution. All right. Well, we'll get more into that, you know, as we go along with these reviews, because there's like whole books dedicated to oh, these books. roads. Um, so um, let's get into clans a little bit uh, as we move through this book. I think we're like in page 50 now, so we probably <laughs> we'll want to step up. up. <laughs> yeah, we'll pick it up a little bit. Um, but uh so what we have here at play are 13, the 13 main clans, right? And what those 13 clans are, I'll just go through the list real quick because some people may not be familiar. It's uh, Clan Asimite, Bruja, Cappadocian, Followers of Set, Gangrel, Lysambra, Malkavian, 
Nosferatu, Ravnos, Torador, Tremere, Zemis, and Ventru. So um, some things seem to be missing. Where's the Salubri? Where's the, you know, bloodlines? Well, in this main book here, they don't focus on any of those bloodlines at all. They, they talk, you know, there's, they make allusions that there are some bloodlines. They talk about the Bali being like, uh, basically unplayable antagonists. Um, but we're introduced to them like quote unquote for the first time. Um, but they don't really give you any details about them, at least here. This is just the 13 main clans, the sort of like the, the foundational clans. This is back in the day where only storyteller information was for storytellers in the storyteller section. Right, right, right. So um, let's just briefly talk about any like small differences. Do you want to like talk about the Asimites and like. Uh, Well, small differences here. The Asimites, more or less, they're what you knew them to be. It's how they wrote them in the book. So in this Dark Age book, instead of it being written from the perspective of an Asimite, what they know about them are the rumor and speculation of how other clans have heard of them. Right. Right. Most importantly, the Crusaders. Man, did they hear about the Saracens. Right. And so they kind of give what they knew about the Saracens here in the book. And then, of course, naturally in that section, it tells you what an Asimite can have and doesn't have and all that fun stuff. With one inherent difference that actually was weird to me, the weakness, right? It's 20% tithe of the blood, but they don't exactly tell you, like, do you collect it in a cup or an urn or... Right, right. just the hey elder right. come here and sup yeah arm. the weakness is not really what we know the weakness to be at this point in time the second unique one about it though that makes more sense is the fact that if they've ever committed diablo auspex can detect them and you're thinking big deal auspex does that with any vampire well you can do that to an asimite regardless if they've committed diablo or not also any ritual that affects diabolus specifically affect asimites that's very interesting right it's a it's a different level. It's a different thing, right? Right. And that's it. Says it right there. Um, I've never read that before. Well, I never caught that until I went back to review it. Right. Okay. Well, so that's the small difference there. Um, Clan Bruja. Uh, Clan Bruja. At this time, they're more like um, like your warrior poet types, right? Like. Clan Bruja, uh, they are not the sort of punk rabble, you know, knockdown drag out like the like Bruja are are are, are looked at as being sort of hot headed, um, sort of you know maybe brash or um, um, angry. What would be the? Yeah, but no, like angry is not the right word. Like like um, prone to um, passion, right? Very passionate. We'll call it that. People sometimes refer to me as a passionate person. And I'm like, no, sometimes I'm just fucking angry, (laughs) but but, you know, they, they refer to them uh, as very passionate. Um, So they're, they're kind of viewed um, a little bit better. I think in the grand uh, scheme of things as maybe they are in modern days. Would you agree? I would. I would. Um, because they put them in a better light. They're not seen as the iconoclast rabble. You know, not, right. not immediately. I mean, you definitely could still get that out of here, but there's still a purpose. It's 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 the fall from Carthage still. Here we're really right. lamenting about the loss of the warrior scholar that we, we right. used to be. Right. Um, otherwise, though, I mean, character creation-wise, they're the same. Their weakness is the same. Um, they're referred to as zealots. Right. Like in the modern era, they're referred to as rabble or whatever. And in dark ages, they're referred to as zealots. So 
that's a little telling. It's kind of revealing. And also, the they they mention that the Bruja tend to um, they deny their their um, they're apt to frenzy more often. Okay, uh, moving right along, we have the Cappadocians, which are a clan that doesn't exist in modern day. So that that's uh, you know that's that's a big difference, right? And before it is, it's huge. It's uh, it opens up an ability to play uh, some of the uh, well. Thanatology, if you will, of uh, the thing, not the power. I'm just, the, I'll, I'll right. stop fucking with you. It's basically, they study death, right? That's right. what they do. That's all they care to do. And uh, that's what they're about. You know, they're grave robbers, as it said. And uh, they like to go about skulk and learn what death is. In fact, yeah. their crowning achievement is the fact that they are used as uh, advisors, right? Right. By the, right. By the, they tend to be advisors to the Ventru. It's, it's a good role to have. But don't forget, to be even more useful, they've embraced a new a new group of mortal necromancers. Yeah, it's a very interesting. They they embrace this family, and I, who knows what they? But probably won't result into anything. You know? Oh, well, that's what they think. We think they have potential. <laughs> Their necromancy is unrefined right now, but they call it that, and soon we will have something. But uh, they do have Mortis, so yes. you know that's a thing. Uh, and for those of you who've played, Mortis will evolve. It will turn into something different and, you know, sort of change. But as of right now, it's just a discipline. Um, then we have the followers of Set. Uh, and I, I, I mean, have they really ever changed? They're the followers of Set. Let me tell you how they changed. They didn't. They're still the followers of Set. Guess what? Something happened in the sand really bad. The gods warned this guy got mad, decided to kill everybody, had his pay pay chopped off. No, that was the brother. Was... Who knows what happened? It was sewn back together. Who cares? Did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Buy more Setite stuff. I was going to say it. It definitely has something to do with someone's pay pay being tossed into the river. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, hey, the followers of Set are cool. You know. They are cool. We're riffing. But it's, they're a cool clan. They're still a cool clan. Hey, have you ever wanted to play a guy who wears furs and marauds through the countryside with an axe? Oh, boy, have I ever. Well, it turns out we have just the clan for you. And it's the clan you've been trying to do this with for the last five years, but you just needed to play in the Dark Ages, turns out. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so the Gangrel are, are um, they're the Gangrel. They are, they're huge. They're huge. Uh, in the Dark Ages, you will see them in many renditions, many books, paths, roads, if you will, um, things that they do. And they're really going to change uh, your perspective on Gangrel. I know they'll change mine. Um, they, they're pretty cool. They have uh, more of a deep culture and, and all that. However, this book leads you to believe still that they're running around shaking hands with werewolves and, uh, you know, kind of just. Hey there, Bob. I want to play a barbarian in your most current Vampire the Masquerade game. Can I do that? Yeah, yes, sure. you can play the gang grow. <laughs> Sorry. <I> just... <laughs> hey, Bob. Hey, hey, Bob. I want to play Barbarian in your vampire game. Can I do that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Lissambra. Uh, here. Uh, take away the Sabbat, and you can now understand what the Lissambra and the Zemis are. Just take them away, and you can look at them, and then this book gives you a clear look at what they are. They are the apex vampires that idealize, ideally, with ideals, what a vampire is. I could say enough. They quote <laughs> that they are apex vampires, right? They're not rulers right. that need titles or any public fame, but they are the power behind the throne. 
And if you are not the power behind the throne, or if you're not the power on the throne, it's because they chose you not to be there. It's that simple. And for that mentality, you definitely get the distinction. And for anybody that says that the Lissambra are Venture, let me just get this out of the way. They're not. Why? Venture are bona fide badasses in this era. They're conquerors. They are conquerors. It's that simple. There's no such thing as a failed venture in print. It says that. What? (laughs) They're knights and conquerors. It doesn't say they're rulers solely. These guys are going around doing what? Kicking ass and taking names. They're having problems. (laughs) They're ghouling people and horses to get the loot back from the places they just sacked. They didn't need it. What? Venture Vikings make more sense. Right now, I tell that bar, hey, Pally of mine, you wanted to play a gangrel barbarian. Guess what? Play a venture. They're cooler. <laughs> I don't want to play a venture because there's no stock market. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to play a venture, Bob, because I don't like wearing suits. <laughs> the suits really body it? I don't like wearing a tie, even for pretend. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, but you know, um, Malkavian. So uh, here's the thing. <laughs> I know. I want you to get to the uh, to the very uh, strange Seattle market smell uh, of them. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that yet. Okay. Because here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. When we played, we played a Dark Ages LARP. And I played a Malkavian. I played a Malkavian that was a a seer, right? Who hung out with the fucking uh, um, the uh, the sick and plague riddled, and and it was one of the best characters. I, one of the most fun I ever had playing a character. And 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 why was that? Because I wasn't I wasn't playing a version of Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean. Just to, like, I, I, you know, I was playing. I was playing a character who was giving, who who believed fully that God was giving them visions, and it was something that the character was tormented by. It was something that the character um, wasn't necessarily happy about. He wasn't bouncing around and playing the jester at court. Um, you know, he truly believed that God spoke to him, and that there was there was something very important for him to impart, and then. If I remember correctly, a uh, I met a, a Zemis on the battlefield, and they reached into my body and planted my spinal cord onto the battlefield. So I never walked right again. Yes, <laughs> right through the a-hole. Right. right, right through the boop, just right out. But but so I don't know. Um, the thing is, I think that the yeah, go ahead. The thing is, is the Malkavians they have a better depth and concept, wouldn't you say? Like, I think I feel that they do. Like, like here you're free to your insanity is not just something that we have to look out for. You have to be on eggshells about. It's the fact right. that other people can get on board with what you're going through. If you have multiple personality disorder or whatever, that's what you're going to role play. And these personalities are dark or tormented or twisted. That you're possessed. You're you're right. possessed. People will come to help you. A church layman will try to cure you. The devil has its grip on you, and you don't think you're insane. Guess what? Neither does anybody else. They just need the demons gone. Consequently, they may burn you to death. But the point is, it's true. Yeah. Either way, your soul will be saved, right? <laughs> you, you visions. You know, uh, if you're if you're paranoid and something's out to get you, it's because it is. We haven't right. found Jebediah. He left to go to the well at night, and you never go to the well at night. But his wife's pregnant. And she was thirsty, and he didn't refill it during the day. And damn it, Jebediah to go to the well. He still isn't back, and his wife has dry mouth. I really like what they say here. 
Um, and I think it gives you freedom, but also I think it can be a little telling. Um, but it says Malkavians can have any concept whatsoever. Yep. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, playing the court jester, the, the reality busting, you know, um, you know, bouncing around being goofy. And, uh, I think the term that uh, I hear most often is fish milk. Uh, it's not something we coined and it's not something we ever used before we heard the, uh, before we started doing this podcast. But, um, I think that that does a disservice to what you can achieve with a Malkavian in the dark ages. So, um, having said that the Malkavians are, are still Malkavians. They're insane. Um, the, uh, although they all do have demontation, so you, they've got that going for them. Uh, the Nosferatu, uh, are they any different in this version, Bob? I think they are different culturally, right? In the uh, mm-hmm. previous Nosferatu and the modern, you know, yeah, you have orange, yeah, we band together, and we got this horrible twisted thing to keep in common, but yeah, we live in a sewers. We're going to run around and do things. Here, it's it's a thing of dreaded survival, I feel, right? Maybe I'm wrong. But how I took it and right. read it was the fact that they're very religious because that everyone's religious. And when they're embraced and the curse affects them so horribly and it doesn't <laughs> others, there's a level of uh, piety right. that exists among them that, you know, we must have been really bad people. And look and look how now we suffer. So in order for us to be better, we, we got to figure out how to make something from this new existence. Not everybody right. goes that route. There are some, in other words, if you're a, if you're a decent mouth, you're a or decent mouth. When you're a decent Nosferatu, you're a good Nosferatu. When you aren't, you're a bad Nosferatu. And that middle ground becomes harder to see. Now, why is it more likely that you'll be good than bad? Because you are with the people who are truly suffering. Lepers. Disease-ridden. You, these, these are your peers. These are the folks that you're seeing. Those who are truly outcast and screwed. And you get to see them all, the starving. And it's right. considered an act of mercy for Nosferatu to go in and feed on someone who can't afford to eat. And they're dying. And they'll do it. And that's that. And it's, and it adds a whole different feel. These people have to dig trenches and places under to, to create underground for them to live in. They don't have a guaranteed warrens that's there automatically. They have to build it or explain how and why, and in what way their warrens work, whether they're somehow underneath the castle or they're in the bog digging in. And that's what we got to do. Laying sediment every night. Um, This is, that, that adds a different dynamic to me, a different layer. It's a whole new feel that actually tells you why the Nosferatu have the closeness they do in modern. Right, right. No, I, uh, I definitely agree with you. Um, so let's talk about the Ravnos. Um, hate them or, 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 or not. I think uh, the Ravnos <laughs> are pretty cool. I mean, they get to be, uh, you know, what do they call them? There's a, they're tramps and thieves. This is more of the uh, the fun part, right? I don't want to call them what they're drawn as, but uh, that's they're definitely there in the book. And uh, let's just say they like cards and speaking with a Creole accent and saving a Wolverine. Um, well, uh, now here's the thing. Um, I think that as they're presented in the Dark Ages book, they're not god awful. They're not terrible. Um, and also, they're it's it's uh, apparently it's before they can be overtly offensive. Um, but th- it's like they're, they're becoming overtly offensive. Um, but I mean, I, I, I might play a Ravnos in dark ages because, uh, you know, the concept makes sense, right? Like it's a clan that can play tricks and do sleight of hand. And I don't have a problem with that in this context. Um, but also 
I, you know, I, again, Ravnos, I feel like we've established on a number of occasions um, what we think about that particular it's, the, it's a Dero moment. Think about it. Everything right. we just talked about and went through had to tie into the time and the air and what's going on. And then the Ravno, <laughs> we're magically not harmed by anything. We're built to travel and wonder. We're here out right, loud. Right. Hey, our women dress scantily and you can pay them coin and they will lay with you. Will they? Do you like to juggle? Right. I like to juggle. And, and it's like, okay, um, all right, but why are they there? And I'll truly admit this. If you look at the uh, works cited to be, uh, not works cited, but the uh, the references, what am I looking for? Inspiration. Right. One right. of the main inspiration is it says Ravenloft, right? Mm-hmm. And Ravenloft, you can't get away get away from that uh, gypsy-esque motif because that's it's all over, right? That's what they do. Right. They have caravans and a history and everything else that's cool. And, it, and, oh, right. it, and this is the translation. This is where you directly see that inspiration is this character, but you are a vampire. I, I think that there's a lot of people who like that concept in a game. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with, you know, I, I feel like if you're going to go in a little, you might as well go in all the way. So like your nomadic tribes and, and, you know, people moving from the village to city to settlement and sort of selling their wares and, and bringing along trickery and deception and, and, you know, um, you know, like the, uh, we'll, we'll just use this as an example, like a, like a movie, like Aladdin, right. Where you, you know, you've got the magic lamp and you're trying to sell, like, there's nothing inherently offensive about Aladdin, but like, so I, I feel like you could use this clan in that way, but also like, I just, I'm like me personally, I just don't particularly find the clan very inspired to me. It's like, it's a very one dimensional concept. Right. So, um, however, you know, that's just me. So whatever, you know, all, some people could say the same thing about a Torador, right? Uh, being an artist, that's one dimensional. I guess so. Okay, great. Let's move on. So. Torador and Archie yeah. just, that's, that's why right. I found it ironic. Right. <laughs> Your point segues perfectly. Uh, right, right. Uh, Total in the Dark Ages get more into the, um, eh, they're all about beauty. They're hyper-focused on that culture piece of art and beauty and inspiration because it's a very depressing and dark time. And I think that's their tie-in. That's that's what they do. A Torter will boost your demands. It'll increase the people who want to be there, hopefully. Um, and they bring a ray of light into the dark, dark world. <clears throat> Well, I think it's important to note, too, that um, those that are of an artistic or beautiful bent typically are deeply religious as well. But the Dark Ages, uh, like medieval Europe, from what I understand of it, and I'm by no means a fucking history major, but um, if you are involved in art or if you can, let's say, read or write, it's usually because you're deeply involved in religion, right? Like you don't get to develop those skills unless you're somehow involved in religion. So money. Yep. right. Education and religion are deeply entrenched in one another. So, Oh, and male oriented. Right. I mean, and, and we should touch on that. Um, they do point out that in the social structure of a dark ages game, this does not mean that all women will now pay the proper duty to all men that was ever meant to have, because you know, they're lesser sex and blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. Uh, this game's very progressive and acts. It flat out states that, well, you're dumb because a vampire is a vampire is a vampire. It doesn't matter. The parts. Right. And uh, in fact, the older you get, the more hammered home this is. It's the foolish youngster that comes along and goes, I'll never, never respect that female over there in a the corner. And they're like, oh, well, right. she wants you dead now. 
Well, I mean, to get her favor. Why? Oh, because she could kill all of us in this room. (laughs) There, there was that. Just it's a very simple concept, too, right? Like, you know, if you want to question how powerful the queen is, insult her. (laughs) I'm only laughing because I wouldn't want that ass whooping. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You want a whole nation to line up to kick your ass? Go give it a shot. (laughs) Right. Um, all right, so moving along, we have uh, Clan Tremere, who are a new clan. Um, really, what we're we're looking at here with the Clan Tremere is um, they're just sort of like at, they've just overcome that precipice of like they are a clan. They've gone through all of the struggles, but the story here is a little bit different than what maybe we come to understand later on. Um, as like some of the materials revised or ironed out a little bit more. I mean, the Shmir are bastards, right? They're, they're called flat out usurpers because they did that. You weren't made right. Right. You came out of nowhere. You played. There's you're, you're nothing. You were not in the second city. Cain knows you not. Right. And in this religion, that means God doesn't know you. Right. As, as right. it goes, you stole everything you have and here you sit, but begrudgingly we have to respect your comeuppance. Right. Your come up and your uh, what is the word? What you've earned? We have to respect what you've done, uh, right? The maturity of your of your clan of your bloodline into a clan. Because here you are, and yes, your miracles are thaumaturgical miracles, and uh, it's the way of miracles, thaumaturgy. Uh, so good, I guess you get to be here. Right. Great. <laughs> right. Uh, also, you know, it seems like they're at war with two clans, right? right? So there's something to be said about uh, a brand new clan sort of coming onto the scene and defending themselves against two very established, one of which the Zemis are like kind of known for conquering. So, you know, um, there's something to be said about that, although they're still uh, regarded with a level of distrust. And then the other is the Gangrel, which... Right, right, yeah, the Gangrel. Like, you didn't fuck with a Gangrel, right? If they can get organized, boy, are you in trouble. Right, but you probably are. See, th- this is this is how the Tremere lived. The Zemis were stuck. They weren't really leaving nowhere. Like you see a few of them here and there, but the bulk of their force, eh, we're gonna still stay over here by the Carpathians in the east. You're good. Don't worry about <laughs> right. it. And Tremere were like, well, whew, we're close, but we're not there. And man, our forges will hold out. Make more forges further west and south. Yeah, and, all right, that that's how they live. The Gangrel were like, well, we travel around. Who is it? Who are the Tremere again? Oh, well, they did some terrible stuff. To, look what they did. They made us in... Who? They do that too? Oh, it's messed up. I'll spread the word. Yeah. 70 years later, when he encounters another vampire, hey, I heard the Shamir suck. You know what I mean? It's like the gang girl, really? <laughs> like, not the best right. of messengers. <laughs> um, okay, so um, next up we have the Zemis, um, who are still known as fiends, so very little changes with them. <laughs> Nothing really changes with the Zemis, and like Nate said, that they're conquerors, too. They're, right. they're directly opposing the Venture, in fact. And think of this push. The Venture will set up to where they're like, yeah, we're definitely taking what's yours, and the Zemis are like, get the fuck out of our land. Right. But the Zemis don't take it like, now we're coming to get you, because you got they take it like, let's not have this happen again. You've learned your lesson. Thank you for the materials. We have no gift for you, though. I hope you understand. Um, Some words to summarize the Zemis. Uh, Carpathians, Voivode, um, get the fuck out of my land. (laughs) Um, You know, um, to me, this is like the golden age to play this. Like if you're if you're playing Dark Ages and you're not like 
hyped to play Azumis. Like, I don't know, maybe you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's there's all, there's all sorts of reasons. Like, all the clans are golden. Yeah. Back in this yeah. time, I mean, you can rock a concept, many of them, but... uh, I, f- I feel like this is, like, the most badass era for all the clans. Yes. Like, this is, this is when the clans are, like, exactly what you want them to be. Uh, moving on to Ventrue. Like, why wouldn't you like the Venture in the Dark Ages? They're fucking awesome. They're they're supreme. They're right. really really good. They're not Lasombra, but they're good. No, no, no. They're not. They're not Lasombra, but but uh, they are. You know, they're they're. I think a worthwhile um, clan to play in the Dark Ages, and I think that they're the coolest here. Um, so that's the clans, right? And then. In, you know, this book is going to go into way greater detail here over the next, you know, 20 or 30 pages about the place that the clans populate in the politics of the Dark Ages. Um, and then from there, we move on to character creation, like, and character creation is character creation. If you've ever read a Vampire the Masquerade book, um, you kind of have an idea of, you know, how that's going to be set up. There's nothing dramatically different in this book from the setup than there is in any other book unless you can think of anything bob the only thing i say it's different is that your stats you the lowest gen you can get to is seventh instead of eighth you start at 12 um that's 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 a difference and that means that your stat max can be six now um here's another thing too i just want to make mention of the when you go to the character creation section there is a two-page character creation process. And I don't know if like maybe it's just because we're reviewing this book, but I feel like this page is like every these two pages, every one of these books needs to have. Because it yeah. tells you exactly step by step what pages you need to go to, how much experience things cost. They give you sample concepts. Like this is by far one of the best breakdowns I've seen in any of these vampire books. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, the newer dark ages books have those too. I don't know, but, uh, um, they also first, right? Right. Good is good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Also, um, as you move forward, they have, uh, a, um, they have a, an example character sheet. (laughs) And I don't know if you noticed the name of, on the character sheet. I didn't. It's Anatole. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So. Um, definitely, uh, some cool stuff there, but it's character creation, right? And it tells you like, you shouldn't skip ahead like we are, but this is all stuff. When you make a character, you should follow step-by-step to realize your concept, to create your characters, to then apply points, to make that character three-dimensional, right? It's, I feel like one of the most important things that we try to impart, and it's a little deep into this podcast, but like, don't just throw points on the sheet and then in reverse, make a concept. That's not how this works, right? Right. This is create your concept, iron that out, and then use the points to make that three-dimensional. And for a lot of you, we're just telling you shit you already know. Um, but um, then, it, you know, goes into the roads and gets a little bit deeper on those. And, and from there, it's like straight up like every other book, like. And what what are you going to find here in every every book? You got a big storytelling section, right? Right. Tells you everything that you need to know, no problem. But it's going to add some things you haven't seen till now, really. Um, it goes into tale about true faith, different right. religious orders, antagonists for canines, uh, including Bali and gargoyles, um, werewolves, actual tribes, 
um, magic and infernalism, wraith, changeling, and demons, because the Dark Ages includes all of that. Right. 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 I, I, one thing I real quick, I just noticed like they, they give you like actual tribes. They tell you like, these are the tribes that you're going to be able to encounter because these are the ones that f- fucking exist in Europe. <laughs> right. Like yep. we haven't gotten to the new world. So there's a lot of tribes that don't exist in central Europe at this time. Right. So you'll never encounter them. I thought that that was pretty interesting. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's brilliant is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I, that's basically, that's basically the book. I mean, I got some final little notes here, but I mean, um, so, uh, obviously, you know, they talk about like the antagonists. I feel like that section is really well detailed. Um, I feel like all in all, this is a really exceptionally well-made book. Um, I feel like it shows that they kind of knew what was going on. Like they knew how to make a book. They had that shit down pat. And I feel like this shows that level of knowledge, at least of that game at that time on how to make these books. Uh, One thing that I do want to say though, uh, I noticed some small criticisms, right? It's not a perfect book, but um, first thing that I want to say that I thought was a little trying at times was some of the font in the book. You know, especially when they're doing like the letters and like, um, they have like a plate, like an example playthrough section and they're like, they, they'll show you like the in-game information and then the out of game information, the in-game information is a little hard to read. Um, the lettering is a little difficult to, you know, it's cause a little bit of eye strain. Also, um, I noticed that, uh, and I think this is standard for any vampire werewolf, whatever white wolf book, but some of the rules are a little buried. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, one example is um, how the abilities work. If you don't read this the small little blurb beforehand, you may not know, for example, that like with a talent, if you don't have a talent, there's no penalty to roll it. But if you don't have a skill and you try to roll it, it's at a minus one. And that uh, knowledge is if you don't have a knowledge, you can't make the roll at all. Uh, I think that that was like one thing where I kind of noticed. I was like, oh, that's a little buried. Um, doesn't really seem to be mentioned anywhere else. And like, you might miss that and fuck that up. So, um, I think a little bit more conciseness on that might've helped, but it's like a small nitpick. It's worthy. It's worth mentioning, you know? Yeah. Not that, um, I, uh, will just interject and say, cause I feel like I'm always sending hot air on it. Um, I'm a fan of this book. It's an A. Yeah. It's, it's a book to get. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, it's not super expensive. Um, you can get it on eBay for 15, 20 bucks, I'm sure. Um, the uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, too, I don't think anybody noticed it, um, or I don't think we mentioned it. Um, the there's a there's a picture on page 206 of a knight in his underwear bleeding into a cup and of a guy who's like kissing on a fish. And that's on many times been referenced to us, the origin of the term fish milk. Now, I don't know for sure that that's where it came from, but uh, I I don't see anything there to indicate that that's a Malkavian. (laughs) I just want to state that for the record. However, I don't understand what the hell is happening there. Um, I think you damn well know it's a Malkavian. <laughs> I think you damn well know that they're showing like dementation and, and artistic interpretation. Maybe, but uh, uh, well, could it be? He's kissing a fish. I don't know. The dude's in his undies. Maybe the fish is like a representative of Jesus, and 
Um, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> true bra who went back in time to let their hair down. Oh. And he got tired of wearing the night armor down below because it was constricting. He took him off. He's wearing his boxers. I feel like it's kissing a fish actually has animalism. And that fish is really charming. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a bizarre picture too. Like it's just really fucking weird. Uh, but you know, Hey, if that's where it came from, I don't know why, um, everyone, you know, assumed it's a Malkavian, but you know, maybe it is, I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I give, I give the book a, a, a like an, a, a very strong, a, um, not that we're going to get into like letter grading things, but you know, it's a, it's a positive book. It's a good book. It's a thumbs up. Yep. It's a two thumbs up. So, um, what do we have coming up next week, Bob? Next week, we got Book of Storyteller Secrets. Yeah, I got the book on my shelf. I have not cracked it yet. I'm going to read it between then and uh, between now and then. Um, so I have no fucking clue what I'm in for. I've, I've never read this book. So it's going to be a fresh 100% uh, f- review without any previous knowledge. Also, you guys, um, if you like this podcast, you may know or you may not know, we have another podcast called Nerd Words. That we've been doing for a lot longer than this one. Um, the last couple of months, though, we've kind of fallen. Uh, we we were not really doing it as much. That's going to change. So um, coming up, we have a review of "They Came from Beneath the Sea." Um, we're going to be doing like a pre-release review of it, um, and then we also are going to be doing Storytellers Vault reviews on it as well. Um, not this upcoming week, but the week after, we're going to be doing our review of the Storytellers Vault release, Madison by Night. So look forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Bob? Not at all. I think we've talked a long time. And holy, I love holy Jesus! Yeah, like almost, almost two hours. But hey. You know, when you're gone for a month, you got to come back strong with some strength. You can't limp into the dark ages. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I'm a convert. Uh, I'm liking it. I'm digging it. Um, and I'm, I'm actually like collecting these dark ages books. And uh, that's a process. So real quick story before I go. Um, Transylvania by night seems to be a very rare book to find. So I had been like plotting on eBay, looking for it at the cheapest price. And I found one for under $30, 30 fucking dollars for a vampire, of the masquerade book. That's how dedicated I am. Ordered it back in February, like February 21st. They sent it all the way to Indianapolis, which is where I live. And it just seemed to be like sitting in like some Indianapolis mail hub, right? And so I'm like waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then yesterday it said it was delivered. And I was like, sweet. Finally, the book is here. It took so long. I go out to the mailbox. It's not there. I go to my old apartment. I just moved from. It's not there. I'm like, what the hell? So I go on, you know, the track, my package on the USPS and they sent it back to New York for no fucking reason. So I'm like, where's this book? So I had to reach out to the person on eBay and thank you. If you're the person who's, if you happen to be listening to this, um, and he's like, yeah, they said that I didn't include enough postage. <laughs> I was like, so let me get this straight. They, they didn't tell you when you mailed the son of a bitch, they, did, they, they didn't tell you the right amount of postage. They sent it all the way to the city I live in. And then they were like, oh, this doesn't have enough postage. So then they sent it all the way back. 
<laughs> that was more expensive than just giving it to you. Right. Just, just turn around and bill him the 15 cents, whatever it was. Right. Like, or, or just just show up at my door and be like, I want to give this to you, but we need money. And I'd be like, here, just fucking take it. Like, what is it going to cost? Right. So stupid. The Postal Service, I've learned, at least as far as Indianapolis is concerned, sucks. It's the worst out here. And I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but it is not good here. Like, things take so long to get here. And, you know, I can order something off of Amazon and have it tomorrow. It's just like, it's crazy. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for letting us drag you along on our bullshit story. Um, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. We're going to be putting out the nerd words podcasts on Mondays, and these are still going to continue to roll out every Friday. So, all right, Bob, sir, it, it has been a pleasure. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate 